Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And here's a three-part story about Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan. People confirm they split on the 12th on Monday. On Tuesday, Marcus Jordan shared a photo with him watching the Super Bowl with his father, Michael Jordan. We were joking about like, oh, he's back in dad's good graces. Oh, he's back in the will or whatever. Yesterday, well, two days ago for you, they were spotted on Valentine's Day at a florist in Miami by TMZ cameras, who were probably called by Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan, buying a shitload of flowers and then going back to her house. So they're back together and they follow each other on Instagram again. It's giving season whatever Housewives of Miami. It's giving plot line. It's giving plot line. You should never trust these two because they know how to be on TV. You know, when the breakup happened during the Super Bowl, I mean... Maybe the biggest sports day of the year, uh, Michael Jordan said, time to take things a little seriously. And Marcus <laughs> Jordan said, sure, how's my inheritance coming along? You know, and then he said, not with Larsa Pippen in the in the picture. And then Larsa said, hey, I'd really like you to be on the next season of Real Housewives of Miami. And, you know, whatever other opportunities such as the traders that may come their way, they're more, they're much more powerful as a duo. And they both know that. No matter who your father is. You know, they haven't released an episode of their podcast since November 14th. I think that podcast is dead no matter whether these two are together or apart. Just a feeling. They released a total of 15 episodes. When they're like clean numbers like that, I'm always like, that sounds to me like a contract. They met their minimum and then they moved on. Because this happened with um, Jeanette McCurdy's podcast too. She just released the last episode. Which was like doing well. And then I looked at the number of total episodes 25. <laughs> We're only two episodes into the new season of The Real Housewives of Miami, but Larson and Marcus already have a lot of shade coming their way. See, that doesn't feel like, to me, the end, the end point. If they, if they had a contract, Bobby, they would know there'd be an end point. Also, we're talking about a, a podcast, an iHeartRadio podcast that's only 24 minutes long. That's like barely any time. Think about it. You know, maybe they still have to do their 10 more. Maybe that is part of the whole deal. iHeart said, it's been three months you're still missing 10 episodes, so you can't break up. It's a pass. I'm guessing since they broke up, this podcast is one for the history books, and it's for the best. They were hard to listen to. It was cringe, like when you get secondhand embarrassment. You know, I can't disagree, and normally I'm, you know, erring on the side of pro podcast, but this one was really difficult to listen to, and I did listen mm-hmm. to a good amount of it for, you, you know, to my, a lot live, my live segment. Yeah. Speaking of couple podcasts, really quickly, because you're listening to Who's There at Weekly Call-In Show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Hi, Lindsay Bobby Timmy. Um, alerting you, like everyone else in the world, that um, Us Magazine said that in the latest TJ and Amy pod, Amy and TJ, that 
allegedly they're not allowed to go to any Disney parks since they got fired by ABC. Could we be on the booth researching if that's a real thing or not? Or if he's kind of just doing a bet. Um, all right. Thanks. So against all odds, this show remains must-see TV, must-hear TV, must-listen podcast. Must-listen podcast. How do we, how do we, how do we turn must-see TV into must-hear, must-hear podcast? I guess it has to rhyme. We need to rhyme with hear. But then it has to be podcast. It has to rhyme with podcast. Must-something podcast. Must-blast must blast. Must blast podcast. Must blast podcast. Like blast for your speakers. Must blast. It's a podcast. must blast podcast. Okay. It yeah. is a must blast podcast. You're so right. This is a must blast podcast. But I want to point out something that the caller said. Uh-huh. Listen to this. I find this very fascinating. Um, Us Magazine said that in the latest TJ and Amy pod, Amy and TJ. Us Magazine said that in the latest Amy and TJ pod. So are you listening? This this person is not listening. They're reading the headlines. And that's half of what Amy and TJ is about. They're like, well, I wonder which part of this podcast is going to be clipped and put in the tabloids. They really do love to say that. They love to say that. And sometimes they're actually like wrong. Well, Amy talks about being wrong. She's like, sometimes I'm surprised about what gets clipped. She doesn't know, right? Like she doesn't actually know what's newsworthy about her own newsworthy relationship specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this time, this episode, it was TJ Holmes says he doesn't think he and Amy Roback are, quote, allowed at Disney parks. It's because, like, they worked for ABC. Their bosses were Disney. Okay. And they were talking with Mad James, who they talked about him because he's a runner. Because sometimes they do interviews and sometimes it's just the two of them talking. And it's just (laughs) the podcast really has zero consistency. But that's sort of what I like about it. It's always like you don't know what you're going to get when you turn on Amy and TJ. No clue. Sure. And they're always revealing something that you're kind of like, why are you revealing that? Which is the most incredible thing about their podcast. TJ says, last we checked, we weren't allowed on the park's grounds anymore when he was talking to Matt James. (laughs) But a source for people asked Disney if they were allowed there. And Disney said they were allowed there and that they were not banned. I'm sorry, but like, of course they're allowed there. Like... (laughs) Why wouldn't they be allowed? I don't even understand where that comes from. Like, just because you get fired from your job at one of Disney's holding companies or whatever, one of the companies Disney owns, doesn't mean you're not allowed at a park. All they want is for people to go to the parks. That's what I'm saying. They are a little bit, and I mean, we're not helping matters. We're a little complicit in this. They're a little bit, um... Hmm? Hmm. hmm. Self-aggrandizing. What? <laughs> what? What? Sometimes their their perception of themselves is a little, I would say, inflated. And I'm saying this as a fan. Well, it is funny because they are weirdly like we're just living our lives and doing what we want. But they're also mm-hmm. kind of at the exact same time being like, Who's talking about us? And what are they saying? <laughs> you, you know, and it and it is this weird, like you can tell they like really care and are and are aware about it. And that's what kind of drives the podcast because it's like, mm-hmm. well, people are saying that we might not be allowed at Disney. And it's like, what? <laughs> who said that? Like, who even said that? 
it's kind of a fascinating where did they get it like we, yeah like where did you get that from even like it is like are you reading reddit because some of these things are truly ridiculous it sounds like a joke between the two of them that they started believing where it's like, well, now we can never go back to Disney World. And then that slowly morphed into we're banned by the top brass from going to any Disney park. <laughs> what makes the podcast still good is what I find baffling about them. You know, like, so who am I <laughs> no, to question? Exactly. Like, I'm not going to question the, the project at all, mm. ever, ever, Mm-mm. ever. Mm-mm. You know, but it is very funny because you still remain kind of being like question mark, question mark about them. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? You know, well, I guess money. Yeah, they're doing this for money. And also they're doing this because you can tell that they they don't know what it's going to become. And I think that's the other most fascinating thing about the podcast. You could see it being like Marcus and Larissa's podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. that was just let's strike while the iron's hot. While people mm-hmm. care about us, let's make a little extra money just talking about nonsense on this really bad podcast because mm-hmm. iHeart made a deal with us. This is very much like, when you listen to it, you can see half of it is that, half of it is they got a contract to do a podcast, which gives them a little notoriety. But the other half is you can see them trying to figure out what they want the podcast to become. Like, is it an interview show? Is it a chat show? Is it like basically human interest stories with like random non-celebrities? Or is it with celebrities like Matt James? Like, you can see them trying to decide whether or not this is something they want to do long term. And I don't think they've talked about the news once. They talk about certain news items but they're weird and random (laughs) like they interviewed a woman who got in trouble with her school for having an OnlyFans bumper sticker on her car when she dropped off and picked up her kids at school and they were like you shouldn't be promoting your OnlyFans in the school parking lot and so they interviewed that woman and it's like the strangest interview I've ever yes oh so they are like doing very um kind of segment ccc yes. like segment d segment e segment f like gma yeah they are on like the fifth hour but only some of the time you know what they did on like two episodes later tj just interviews amy and asks her really like kind of intense questions for an hour it's giving um what's that show with john quinones that's like what would you do it's giving that hour <laughs> yes. of the news where it's like we asked random people in the street if they would give money to houseless people like and did they you know like <laughs> what would you do yeah. What would you yes. do if, if, like, a woman threw up in front of you? Like, it's kind of that <laughs> era of – it's that kind of genre of news, which is not even really news. It's just, like, lifestyle reporting. What would you do if Miranda Lambert, like, threw a salad at a woman next to you at a restaurant? Like, <laughs> Amy's like, TJ, I heard this thing on the internet that <laughs> a country singer threw a salad at a woman. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Well, that's just funny. It is kind of interesting that they're kind of just they're doing what they do best, which is this like general lifestyle reporting coverage where it's just, you know, very much about like people, places and things, but not about any sort of hard news or any sort of reporting. But then they're also doing in between those just straight up their own relationship, straight mm. up TMI relationship stuff. Really quick side note. Did you happen to see I already forgot what it was. Lily of Stephen and Lily posted on Instagram stories a repost of Miranda Miranda Lambert's story like picking up her order at a Starbucks did you see this no send it to me and now. it had what Miranda Lambert's like like Starbucks name is what is and it I think it was I think it was Brenda <laughs> no it wasn't Brenda what was it I don't no I'm saying I'm it, looking at my I'm messages saying, with Lily on Instagram and all I said was <laughs> Brenda like, she uses God. Brenda or they thought she said Brenda. Oh, no. It's gone. Wait, do you want me to ask Lily? 
Yeah, text Lily. What was Miranda Lambert's Starbucks name? The Starbucks name thing is a difficult phenomenon because sometimes the Starbucks people are just putting whatever they in here, which is like just yeah. a name versus Miranda. like Miranda, 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 Miranda. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. I think that's okay. So it could have been, it could have been a mishearing of Miranda, but I thought when I saw it that it was Miranda's fake name that she gave to Starbucks, which sort of sounded like Miranda, but I Miranda, don't know which one it Miranda, is. Miranda, <laughs> Miranda, yeah. Miranda. Miranda. Okay. Incredible. Has Lily said anything? Not yet, no. I'll let you know when she does. Anyway, back to Amy and TJ. No. I think this podcast will last forever. The most recent headlines that it got were Amy Robach tells TJ Holmes she would, quote, absolutely run off and elope somewhere like Fiji for her third wedding. Like Fiji. They talk about wanting to maybe get married, but she wouldn't want to do a big wedding anymore. And he's like, what about Vegas? And they kind of joke about it. And she's like, somewhere like Fiji. So they turn even just them sort of dreaming about things that they may possibly do, but have actual no concrete plans to do. Those things get pulled out into the headlines. And I cannot believe this hasn't (laughs) stopped happening. People still care. I feel like, unfortunately, what we're doing is what I think would be a good standalone podcast, which is just recapping TJ and Amy's podcast. (laughs) <laughs> okay lily confirms that it's my best friend branda <laughs> branda 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 my best Branda. Friend Branda. it was Branda. Branda. oh my god it's so funny i should have screenshotted it but i just responded okay but to be fair like that does seem like not something that miranda's lambert's going to start and be like hi i'm branda like she definitely (laughs) said miranda (laughs) she said miranda and they wrote branda Uh, that's all i'm saying Uh, right yeah why would you put the extra extra effort in going to a starbucks in what i assume is nashville where she's recognized probably everywhere she goes and say i'm branda and they're like, you're not Branda, you're Miranda Lambert. She's like, well, Branda. I was at a breakfast place where you order at the counter over the weekend. Mm-hmm. They were like, name for the order. And I got like a egg sandwich and a coffee. And I was like, Bobby. And he goes, Bobby? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, okay, just want to make sure I got that right. Wouldn't want to have them call you baby. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do that? Because he almost put down baby. And I was like... What's happening here? <laughs> Bobby? Wait, he yes. thought, did he think you said baby? I think he wrote down baby and then he was like, oh, wait, Bobby? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Bobby. And then he like deleted it and then he wrote Bobby. I think he heard he, baby and then, and then he, he realized. made a joke to you and then he, he wrote realized, baby. Yes, I think he realized that like he was crazy for thinking my name was baby. And then he was like, oh, it's Bobby. And I was like, yeah, Bobby. In the moment, it was very strange. <laughs> The sandwich was so good, by the way. Okay, great. Unbelievable. Are you going to make a wreck for the place where they called you baby or not? It's not like obscure. It's that place Chow Gloria on Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that place. I needed to meet my brother for a quick bite near Barclays Center. So Love that. Love that. Okay. It was very good, except, you know, they thought it was baby. (laughs) (laughs) You were giving baby, maybe. I was giving baby. Okay. Listen to Amy and TJ. It's good. I love their love. I celebrate their love. Next call. They're the number one football couple. The opposite of trivia. Time to update all you hooligans on our two faves, Crolivia 
Hello, medium time, medium time. I am just calling to let you all know um, the manner in which you have cursed my household um, because I am autistic. And uh, part of that for me personally is that I get stuck on words uh, as stems. And because of you people, Crolivia has become one of my new stem words. <laughs> my girlfriend just meowed at the phone because she is also autistic. Um, and <laughs> what? Um, yeah, anyway, you've cursed my household and I, it's really hard not to say Crolivia at work. Fuck you guys. Um, but also I love you so much. Crunch, crunch. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. That feels like we should be apologizing, but also kind of not apologizing. But also it sounds like you love it, so you're welcome. <laughs> also, this word is over. We actually are not saying it anymore. It's kind of done. Yeah, we have to stop. They lost. I don't want to say it. I'm done with these two for now. I'm going to need them to either go back to the Super Bowl or do something else interesting. But as far as our segment, it feels over. It feels very over. Gus Culpo, Olivia's brother, who I found out might actually be queer, which I didn't realize, even though he is on the um, the reality show. They don't really feature him much. Mm-hmm. Olivia posted a photo of these two like, like shirtless hunks, and he commented, like, gonna need the ats or something. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, finally you found something to be interested in with this family. Gus posted uh, a photo of him with Olivia at a party after the Super Bowl, and he captioned it, it hurts, but we move forward. And then she reposted it and said, at least we still have family. Who cares? <laughs> like, who cares? Wow, the way you're suddenly over this family. No, but I mean, who cares if with... you lost the Super Like, you didn't even play in it. I'm just like, who cares, you know? To be like, at least we still have family because you lost your team lost the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, like perspective you know that's how i feel okay so crolivia is over wow record time well their relationship isn't over but our segment's over for now our segment is over next call i'm sure there's going to be plenty of people asking this but i i just don't care enough to like look it up um who are all the who's that were in the box with taylor at the super bowl like who is that tiny white woman with the with the bob, with the cunty bob? Who's the guy standing next to Ice Spice? Are these like who's or are they just Nas? They're just like friends of the Kelsey family. Um, this might be boring. If feel free to cut. Feel free to cut. Um, crunch crunch. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I'm sure a lot of people are calling in about this, but I was wondering who Taylor Swift's friend Ashley is that she brought with her to the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm not going to even try. But I do want you to know that when I saw it written out, I, I in my head, read it as Ashley of Yachangan because my brain is broken. Uh, that's all. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. You know, this is really giving the kind of edge of my own personal sanity with this, uh, with us still talking about Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do feel a little crazy about still discussing the girly and the blonde bob, you know? You know, like these same women over and over again. I'm. We still get calls about every time she does something with a random woman and it's like, who's that mm-hmm. woman? And it's like... 
That's her friend. God forbid she know a random woman. It's like when Miley sings about Leslie. It's like, that's just Leslie. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know, you see Blake Lively looking absolutely psychotic. You're going to ask me who Leslie is, you know? But alas, who is the woman in the bob next to Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl? Her name is Ashley. Her name is literally <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> her name is Ashley A. I feel like she deserves like bachelor treatment. She's Ashley A. She's Ashley, Ashley A. Avignon. 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 We've said it, you know. She is her friend, longtime they friend. Were introduced by Emma Stone. She's Emma Stone's childhood best friend. She made it through the uh, bad blood era, alive, mm -hmm. still being friends with Taylor Swift. She's a stylist and designer. She's been in the squad through every version we've known as the Taylor Swift consuming public. The every iteration. She's always been in the squad. Right, yes. I mean, this also kind of speaks to like the fact that Taylor Swift and Emma Stone have been friends a really long time, which I always find very interesting because it's like, it's not like Taylor Swift met Emma Stone like two years ago and was like, girly, 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 girly. They've mm -hmm. like known each other. That's how Taylor met this random woman named Ashley was through Emma Stone, who I think worked with her on some sort of styling thing. And Ashley and Emma have been friends since they were kids. And you know what I think is actually kind of interesting because like how interesting is to talk about a essentially a nah, this Ashley A is a nah. She's yeah. a stylist to the stars. Very nah. Also very close friends with Gigi Hadid. This is the slightly more notable Taylor Swift bestie. Remember Taylor Swift's actual oldest friend? Abigail, who we don't really see anymore. Yeah, she like got married and like lives her own life. She got married and sort of like was like, I have a life apart from Taylor now. Yeah. I can't just follow this woman around to the Super Bowl. Ashley's kind of the new civilian in Taylor's life. The newer civilian in Taylor Swift's life. It's hard to say who's new and who's old in this in this squad. You know, when you've got a, a group photo and Miles Teller's there in a tie-dye, I kind of have to tap out of the, like, keeping track of who's in Taylor Swift's inner circle, you know? Miles Teller's arm is around Jason Kelsey in that photo. You know, if anyone has a, liked sports a while, I guess it's Miles Teller. You know, I guess he's Miles always Teller. been caring but i was laughing at his kind of just everyone in their various gear of different reds and miles teller's in a grateful dead a vintage grateful dead shirt you know kelly sperry worked her way up the ladder and ice spice the the colorist who ice spice came with ice spice came with one of her friends slash producers oh she came with um uh who what does she say in the beginning of her songs stop playing with them riot that's it so she brought riot mm -hmm. and nice. everyone else is kind of boring which is nice the end Moving on forever. How much of this same? You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of C B D, a little bit of C B distillery, that's getting me goes a long that's way. That's getting me conked right out <laughs> and, and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB Distillery. They have, not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> 
They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? You said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Every week, guests join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time. Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize. They never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> what when I sleep to... on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm -hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm -hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix Rude. so much so rude everybody is unique and i mean everybody two words because everyone sleeps differently their bodies are different and that's why helix has several different mattress models to choose from each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences i'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper some people are back sleepers some people are exclusively side sleepers there's a helix mattress for all of you not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
I want to be famous. Cut off the pop crave presses. Sean Evans from Hot Ones is reportedly dating porn star Melissa Stratton. Now, I feel like Sean Evans, he's not quite of them. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I just realized I don't really know much about him um, other than he's dating a porn star now. Um, So maybe you can dive into both of these uh, people. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. Bye. I don't think we've ever talked about Sean Evans. (laughs) Ever. The host of Hot Ones? We've talked about Hot Ones, but I don't think we've ever put his name in an episode title. The genre of Sean Evans host being kind of like our version of the UK host, which I feel like I've been talking about how the fact that I am always jealous the UK has all these host figures. Sorry, there's a car driving Mm -hmm. really fast by. I'm always jealous of the genre of UK hosts. They get to play Taskmaster. They're like comedians, but they're also hosts. There's just more places for them to exist. Our version Mm -hmm. of that seems to be, and we don't have that many of them, we should have more, are like these random YouTube segment hosts, you know, like the 73 Questions guy and Sean Evans and um, what's her face? Hot chick, the chicken, chicken girl, another, another chicken chop date, but that's even English. You're right. But I just feel like this is our, we, people asking who is she, Sean Evans, I care about his personal life. I'm kind of like, oh, you do like interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it's sort of like, oh, well, of course you do, because he's a celebrity to you, you know? You watch his show. Right, but he's still only a question asker. And that the fact mm-hmm. that he's, like, going yes. into celebrity territory is giving UK host vibes to me. That kind of, yeah. like, in no, bet- I agree. That, that fame that is actually real, you know? Because he didn't start as a as a comedian, you know? He started as a copywriter at an ad agency, and then he got a job at Complex, you know? <laughs> what? Sounds like... So many people I know. <laughs> Sean Evans. He's he's got a charm. He's got a swag. He's always eating that those hot wings. People are like, "How do you do this?" And he's like, "I I do it every day." He's got a swag, but he's also kind of forgettable, which is I think what makes him so appealing. He never overpowers the celebrity, mm. you know, and he never really seems to want to. No, you're right. Amelia Chicken Shop date is like doing something completely different. Like she is. Amelia She's is like, doing comedy. You're on a she date loves with the me. attention. Right. And yes. I'm a, it's about me. I'm part of the show. Sean's just like, so what was it like? And you know who it also reminds me of? Who's the MTV interview guy that celebrities are obsessed with? Kurt Actually, Loader? He, no, you're show you're showing your age, sweetie. No, 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 no. The guy from the <laughs> so I'm sorry. That was like you were being the to Kurt Loader. Kurt Loader? <laughs> I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. No, I mean the newer guy. The guy who's interviewing Dakota Johnson in the iconic clip from this morning where she says Harry, Spider-Man, oh, and the Goblet of Man. what's his name? <laughs> the guy with the glasses. Yeah. Everyone loves him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? He's a guy. He's one of those guys. Josh. Josh what? Josh Horowitz. Yeah. Right. Him. Him. Josh Horowitz. Him. The celebs love Josh Horowitz. How funny is that Dakota clip? Come on. Spider-Man, here he comes. Spider-Man, there he goes. Or whatever it was. Now he's back. It was like Spider-Man, now now he's back. back. And then Spider-Man and the Goblet of Something. Can you name the three Spider-Man Tom Holland movies? Yeah. (laughs) Should I just go on faith? Yeah. Spider-Man, here's, here he comes. Here he comes, yes. That's number one. Yep. Spider-Man, and he's back. And the other one, the last one is, at 
go the Goblet of Spider-Man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Need a vacation. Harry, Spider-Man, and the Goblet of Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he's doing something com- completely different. And it he is sort of under the radar, even though this show is obviously making him, like, famous, a notable person. Obviously, it's making him pretty rich. Yeah. So this is the first time I'd ever, ever, ever seen his love life mentioned the tabloids right and it was this headline hot ones host sean evans dating porn star melissa stratton dot 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 hanging since december and they have a lot of photos of the two of them like shopping together at parties together he posted a photo of him with i think zed at a super bowl party and only eagle-eyed viewers will notice that girly melissa is in the background looking at him lovingly sure but like why even waste your time talking about this because literally this morning he broke up with her (laughs) or at least like the news came out the day after valentine's day you go girly i'm sorry our relationship is now in the press and i just can't handle it on valentine's day it became our news today on the 15th he called her up According to sources, which, if the source is not Melissa herself, uh, who the fuck else could it be? Melissa definitely called TMZ and was like, um, he just called me and broke up with me. That is so brutal. Because the way they write this was, Valentine's Day Massacre for Hot Ones hosts Sean Evans and porn star Melissa Stratton. They broke up less than 24 hours after their relationship made headlines. Sources close to Melissa tell TMZ Sean called her up on Valentine's Day and broke up with her, telling her he wanted to call it quits because of the media attention they were getting. We're told Sean expressed to Melissa he wanted to keep his love life more under wraps. Our sources, who again... The source is Melissa. Our sources say Melissa found Sean's reasoning odd for a few reasons. He knew what she did for a living when they started seeing each other, and he invited her to multiple public events in Las Vegas leading up to the Super Bowl and took photos with her. So she's got a point. If you're suddenly unwilling to have like a public relationship, then why were you taking me around publicly, you know? It's okay when only a few people kind of knew because they like saw us out and recognized me kind of and then put it together. But it's not okay when TMZ breaks the news on Valentine's Day. What was it? Valentine's Day or the day before Valentine's Day? When did this come out? They broke it on the on the afternoon of the 13th. And then by the 14th, he called Melissa. It's giving kind of a fucked up shame thing. Like he's like, oh, I don't want to like, I want to date a porn star, but I don't want to be in a public relationship with a porn star. It's kind of gross. Fuck you. I think it's gross no matter what it is, but it's also, I do kind of think it's the opposite of Amy and TJ. It kind of sounds like he genuinely didn't think anyone would care. That's a little crazy, though. That's a little naive. You have one of the most popular shows on YouTube. Of course, people are going to maybe probably care about what you're doing and who you're fucking. Also, I have to say, like, if they started talking in the DMs, like, it's not her who reached out. I don't know. I just, it's giving, <laughs> yeah. it's giving you put a lot of effort into this as well but you know it seems like breaking up with somebody on valentine's day is the biggest red flag there could be so i feel like it's, it's best so for the best for her sad. i know like she doesn't you don't want to date this guy i'm sorry like maybe he asks good questions to celebrities but I, it seems like if someone's gonna dump you on valentine's day they're trash sorry mm-hmm. i didn't even realize that that's brutal as we said she's an adult film actress but um the most interesting thing that I found out about her in an interview that either you or Timmy found, because I watched the whole fucking thing, 
she was on some podcast and talked about how she grew up Mormon. Okay. Was an army brat, moved all around the country, and then started doing adult films and modeling. Okay. I went to the University of Utah. I don't think people know that, but yeah, I was a marketing major. So there's a bunch of bad Mormons just getting it. Yeah, we have a term for it. It's called Jack Mormon. What's that mean? It's when you're a Mormon, but you're not really following the rules. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. One hour ago, so I'm looking at her Instagram, her Instagram stories. It's like sexy photos of her like in like flowery lingerie 12 hours ago. The next one is a screenshot of the TMZ story exclusive Hot Ones host Sean Evans breaks up with porn star relationship to public, she captioned it, okay, well, happy Valentine's Day to me, rolling eyes emoji. Oh my God. Wow. Well, fuck, she said, well, fuck me then. Damn. Brutal. Okay, then she posted a TikTok of herself in a car with another bald man and she captioned it, it's okay, I've got a better bald man to get spicy with. At most talented bald man. She's with a model named... Or a doctor, lawyer, teacher, plumber, astronaut named most talented bald man. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? 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 I'm sorry. What? It seems like after Sean Evans dumped her on Valentine's Day, she met this guy who goes by most talented bald man on Instagram. His name is Johnny Sins, apparently. Um, so I guess now she's dating this guy or at least just taking photos with this guy. I don't know. Incredible. Great. Oh, oh my God. I'm a huge idiot. Johnny Sins is another like porn actor who's fam. That's what, oh my God. That's why he goes by doctor, lawyer, teacher, plumber, astronaut in his, in his bio. Okay. <laughs> He's making a joke and I didn't get it. <laughs> okay. So now she's hanging out with a much cooler, more interesting bald guy named Johnny Sins who isn't going to dump her on Valentine's Day. Good for her. Good for them. Andrew Keegan from 10 Things I Hate About You. The only thing I think I know him from. He apparently like ran a cult. Um, I felt like I had learned about it and I'm not going to look into it, but would love if you would talk about it. Thanks. Love you all. Crunch, crunch. You wouldn't think that we would have an update for the Andrew Keegan cult situation, which Mm -hmm. is actually really funny because I do think the thin line between a group of people hanging out and being weird and a cult is there you know mm-hmm. and andrew keegan has been again and again saying like oh remember when i was hanging out with a bunch of people in venice actually that was just like a bunch of weird people hanging out we actually weren't a cult right and he mm-hmm. said that a lot and people still reported it as a cult andrew keegan started a cult andrew keegan started a cult he went on the uh boy meets world who meets world mm-hmm. pod meets world oh my god the pod meets world podcast with uh his former co-stars i guess he did a guest spot on boy mm-hmm. meets world i kind of don't remember but that's fine and he went long on the assumed cult the supposed cult which was first reported literally 10 years ago in 2014 it was reported in vice in august of 2014 that he started a religion but we talked about it many years later because it came out again he was still doing it and somebody wrote about it yes every every couple of years it like bubbles back up I think we talked about it in like 2017 or something. Like mm-hmm. we, it, it came back up. Like it was like, did you know that uh, Andrew Keegan runs a cult in Venice or whatever, Venice Beach? Yeah. And then so he's talking about this cult and it's really fun. I have to say it's really funny. He goes, you mean when I woke up one day and I was anointed a cult leader? 
And then he said, these were interesting group of hippie types, if you will, in Venice. I'm sure if you went on the West Side, there's definitely a lot of spirituality. I was connected with some folks and we had this opportunity. This old Hare Krishna temple was just sitting there empty. And we were like, why don't we get some people together and open this place up? I mean, him and a group of friends were just like, let's hang out in this old Hare Krishna temple. And, and because let's it's make Andrew kombucha together. Keegan, <laughs> right. Let's make kombucha. And then everybody was like, oh, you're a, you're literally a cult. You're literally a cult. I mean, this clip goes on. I feel like you should play parts of it because it is really mm -hmm. funny. He eventually says, I probably should have had a bit more media training at the time. They just created a really uh, an interesting, colorful story and put it together. We really got together and did a Sunday thing. Okay, you can't do your thing on Sunday if you're trying not to be a cult. We did, we did mm -hmm. almost a thousand events in three years and it was actually really hard. It sounds much more like a group of people at Burning Man more than a group of people at like an Heaven's Gate. Like yeah. So there's but a difference. Cult leader kind of leads into the Heaven's Gate. Maybe we should have, like, yeah, come up with a different name. I thought Full Circle was pretty good. You know, what goes around comes around. I don't know, whatever, you know. But again, it wasn't something with, like, such a specific agenda at the time. It just kind of sort of evolved from a group of people. And like I said, we had thousands of people come through over the years and just a ton of different events, dinner parties. And so... You know, there was actually a podcast I heard recently where they were talking about it and they were trying to figure it out. At the end, they kind of landed on like, eh, it just seems like a kind of a cool place to hang out. And that's really what it was. Right. Mm. I think a lot of people in various hippie vibe towns are hanging out in groups that could be considered culty. But Andrew Keegan is saying it was never a cult. Yeah. I think he has the um, the good fortune of it shutting down before things got culty because I'm willing to believe that it wasn't actually a cult, but it's definitely act one of the cult documentary. You know, like it shut down before things got twisted. You were saying they were fucking. I'm saying at some point when you create this communal living space as this guy and his friends did. Well, they, I don't know if Venice, they were living there. And you've got, or community center. That is literally part one of the six-part doc where everything's fine. And then at the end of part one, it's like, and then he asked me to stay the night. And then it like cuts to black. And then it's you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen on episode two? Well, I feel like that's not episode two. You know, you don't really get you inspire. You get the spot. You inspire people. It's wonderful. Episode three. Halfway through the doc, you're, you're kind of like everyone's parties. having a great time and their lives are so improved and so changed and so affected or whatever. And then the fucking starts in episode four. And then the kind of bad arc goes five, six. And then we're done. Mm -hmm. And then and, and then, then what happens done. is that you get arrested for selling alcoholic kombucha, kombucha without, without a permit. A permit. He claims he was not even at the the group at that point. He was just doing it on his yeah. own. And then he also says, which I didn't know, and it sounds like it's still pending. He sued for defamation. Yeah. He must have really not wanted people to think he was running a cult. And then he said, I look back at it now and I'm like, I don't know anyone who else is being a cult leader. So it's kind of a badge of honor. It's like, don't say that. And then Danielle Fischl is like, anyway, back to Boy Meets World. <laughs> anyway, when you were on this episode when you were 10 years old, do you remember everything you said or did? And did you have a crush on me? And did I have a crush on you? <laughs> That's my impression of this podcast. He was in one episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah, he was a guest star. I'm glad this is cleared up that Andrew Keegan was not in a cult. He just hung out with a bunch of weirdos in Venice Beach and they sold kombucha, but at different times. Yeah. And I kind of, I would sue if I were him too. That is crazy that like for a long time, probably for a decade, if you Google Andrew Keegan, if You'd you Googled cult. Andrew Keegan, that was his top result. Right. And if he was a cult leader, things would have, more things would have happened, you know, like over that yeah. period of time, like yeah. more things would have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He would have got way more done. <laughs> he would have stolen way more money from old people. You know what I mean? Like there would have been more debauchery, right? And also, if he were actually a cult leader, we'd already have the miniseries. We'd already oh, have it. Oh, God, of course. Are you kidding? The output, the churn, we'd have the six-part documentary on Max already. David Carr's daughter would have already been there. And you know they probably went looking for it and they couldn't get it because it wasn't really a cult. Yes. Shout out to Andrew Keegan. Wait, hold on. His latest Instagram post posted 19 Uh hours ago is a screenshot of an article from Variety talking about what we just talked about. And he wrote, Mm -hmm. happy Valentine's Day. Is it time for the full circle documentary or perhaps I should just really start a cult? Anyone want to join? It's been seven years since we wrapped up our full circle Venice experience and somehow still stirring up the media. They don't know half the story. And then he made a, a, a like a grimace face. Grimace but, in a face nut, yeah. but in a nutshell, it was a spiritually inspired community nutshell. event space. <laughs> but in a nutshell, it was a spiritually inspired community event space, 112-year-old Rose Temple, where we did yoga, meditation, weddings, memorials, dinner parties, sound healing, presidential campaigns. Okay, wait. The last one? Random. Thank you. Uh, Emily Long Jaretta for an honest take on the article and the follow-up will clickbait headliners. Loved reconnecting with Will Ryder and Danielle to talk story, blah, blah, blah. It was so much fun looking to, forward to seeing everyone at 90s con. This commenter goes, as someone who is in a real cult, oh. I get so annoyed when I see people accuse you of being a cult leader. You're an awesome person who chose to share the good things you found along the way in an open space, welcoming all beliefs. Yeah. I mean, although I click on Full Circle Venice and I'm like, this really does look culty, but you know. <laughs> Guess not. Sorry. Don't click. If you want to click on it, go for it. Still, you know, the posts are old, but they're there. Community, connection, transformation, activation. I mean, that if that's not a cult, it's... Right? I don't know. It's followed by Riley Keough, too, so... <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. Why is the hot chain smoker a top voice on LinkedIn? He keeps popping up on my feed, and it's so annoying. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. I. And when this call came in, I obviously was like, well, I got to look into this because they mentioned the hot chain smoker and I would love to know what the hot chain smoker is up to. But I was like, I don't use LinkedIn much. Sometimes I'm on there. I usually lose, use LinkedIn to like find out what, you know, a famous person's non-famous partner is doing for their job. Or I'm trying to find out more about the person my friend is dating. Apparently LinkedIn is like a hot place to be now. Not to sound like a hundred, but like everyone's talking about LinkedIn. Everyone's talking about LinkedIn. You can blog there. And boy, <laughs> does the hot chain smoker blog. I do I do feel like successful people are actively using LinkedIn, even though it's oh, so yeah. lame. But it's like you have to put that aside, you know, because you have to be the hot chain smoker and you have to be like, even though I'm a successful DJ, I'm still very much in the brain of a VC partner. And I am trying to just like brag about stuff on LinkedIn, which is the most basic place and basic thing you can do is be like Mm -hmm. so proud of like our product launch. You know, it's like, what are you even launching? Okay, they have a VC fund, I guess. They have a VC fund. Together? Together. Yeah, it's called Mantis. And the reason I think this person is suddenly, sorry, Alex Paul, the hot chain smoker. And yes, he's the hot chain smoker. That's not a fucking joke. We're not playing around with you. Okay. No, I'm sick of people asking, is he the hot one? Is he the not hot one? You know who the hot one is. Like, you've already heard these segments before. One day we'll put them all together. But for now, you just, if you know, you know. Did you see the pictures where the not hot chain smoker was wearing a huge sweater? Yeah. And then someone tweeted and called him the warm chain smoker. (laughs) I mean, that sweater, but that sweater was like gigantic. It was too big. I wasn't overreacting. He was at the club wearing a huge sweater. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. 
What's Alex Paul doing on LinkedIn? He started a VC fund with Drew Taggart, the not hot, sorry, the warm chain smoker. <laughs> and I guess they'd been sort of dabbling in VC funds before. And again, I barely know what a VC fund is. But they started this one last year. And ever since he started this one, which is, again, called Mantis, he's been blogging on LinkedIn. He has countless posts on LinkedIn. And if you think, and I'm serious, Mm. huge Alex Paul, hot chain smoker, not a joke. Love him. Love him to death. To death. I thought he was hot. I still do. Okay. You read someone's LinkedIn posts when they're a VC investor, nothing less hot. The flame will go out. I know. I feel like I'm going to get the ick. Do I have to log into LinkedIn to read his LinkedIn? I think you have to log in. I'm logged in on LinkedIn. He writes blog posts like someone who learned how to speak from TEDx talks. I mean, is there anything (laughs) more giving me the ick than having to actually log into LinkedIn? I think that actually is the most icky vibe is like opening LinkedIn and they're like, actually, you have to log in to get here. And hold on, I need Mm -hmm. to actually do it. I can't even do it. Okay, wait, here we go. While you're trying to log into LinkedIn. I can't even, I don't even, I can't even. I can't even. While you're trying to log into LinkedIn, let me just read you a example of Alex Paul, hot chain smoker, LinkedIn post. Oh my God, I, I, they need to do a verification. They don't even think I'm real. They're like, bitch, you don't even have a job. What are you talking about? You haven't been here in years. Listen to this. Okay, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. Alex Paul, seven months ago. Founder at the Chainsmokers plus Mantis Venture Capital. I've been in situations before where I needed money or tried to solve a problem on my own. When shit hit the fan and I needed support, people were upset. Not because I asked for help, but because they didn't see it coming. I had never asked for help along the way. I see the same thing happen all the time when founders keep their investors out of the loop. Send updates, please. When you're honest and communicative with those who support you, they feel more involved. Just wait. No, but just wait. Can't believe you're ruining the hot chain smoker for me. (laughs) (laughs) They feel more involved, more inclined to troubleshoot when you're in a bind. They're really going to rally for you because they want to be a part of your success story. Imagine you're a diehard fan of the chain smokers. You buy every new piece of merch, attend as many shows as you can. But when we offer a ticket giveaway, we open it up to everyone. Shouldn't you be the priority? Shouldn't you be in the know before others? That's why you see so many artists running pre-sales for fans. It's a way to encourage that dedication and support to galvanize your audience. And it goes the same for investors. I'm only a third of the way through this post, and there's a million of them. Imagine meeting a man and you're like, damn, are you the hot chain smoker? Like, what's up? And he goes... I think whenever you get into a place that's unexpected or uncomfortable, taking a second to evaluate and strategize makes all the difference. What are the expectations? What's everyone trying to achieve? What does success look like? What do you think he's talking about? That's right, DJing. I mean, he's literally, that's how he's talking about DJing. You're like, I'm just trying to date a hot DJ. Mm-hmm. Ick. Ick. Listen to this really long one. Three months ago. Not everyone knows this, but Drew was not an original chain smoker. I knew it. Drew is what made the dream real and possible. I knew it. But initially, I I was working with another guy. Things were not going well, and he left one day. To make things official, because I didn't want anything coming back to bite me when Drew and I figured it out, I bought him out, even though he quit. And I'm so glad I did that for more reasons than one. 
it goes on so, 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 so long. And then it talks about investing once again. Oh, my God. The luster is gone. It's totally gone. And I'm so upset about this. Oh, I'm so mad that there's no more hot chain smoker. He's ruined by his LinkedIn. I didn't think this would happen. I really just didn't think this would be how it would take him down. And yet... (laughs) I've never been more icked out. I've never been more bored by this man. He's like, I love AI like sweeties. Like I'm lo-. Nothing will snuff out a crush dead in its tracks like a LinkedIn post. <laughs> and now I'm logged into LinkedIn. Now they think I'm looking for a job or trying to get like now they're on to me. Can I, can I let the, I just need to let them know can that all I want I is <laughs> live. Feels like every day I'm getting some news from the Checkmate team that requires me to pinch myself. Beyond the fact that they're always killing it, they have built the most impressive and exciting company culture. I remember fighting for allocation into their last round at 11 p.m. over Thanksgiving, and let me tell you, it was worth it. He has, like, tens and tens of millions of dollars of, like, VC money to, like, play around with. Every day... I get up around 7 a.m., read the news, and spend about an hour answering emails. Similarly, I block out a few hours in the afternoon for emails and meetings, and then at the gym. Studio to 11, sometimes I cook. But the most important of my day is undoubtedly at noon. I take a two-hour piano lesson. Do I always want to? No. Is it fun? Not always, though it can be. Do I consistently push through? Yes. Guess what? 800 more words about him taking a piano lesson at lunch. <laughs> Two hours. The Chainsmokers are a huge success. You've already made it as musicians. Why not leave it at that? Sigh. Thanks for the compliment. Yes, we could take the easy route, enjoy our success, and ride out the wave. But what's the number one thing they teach you about investing? Diversify your portfolio. Diversify your portfolio. He loves to talk about diversifying his portfolio. Oh my God, I've never been more bored in my life. Okay, great. So you know what? You've ruined this man for me. Thank you so much, Bobby. Uh, Thank you so much, caller. I'm pissed. I'm literally mad. I know that I said nothing will snuff out a crush more than like seeing their LinkedIn posts, but I actually have a correction. Something that will snuff out a crush faster than reading their LinkedIn posts is reading their LinkedIn comments in which they respond to pretty much everyone that comments. Thanks, man. No, no, you're wrong. I saw some of these. Thanks, bud. Oh, okay. Sorry. Everyone gets a thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. Thanks, thanks man. Bud. Oh, thanks, well, there's dude. some thanks, mans, but it's mostly thanks, bud. Hey, thanks, thanks man. Hey, thanks, dude. Appreciate it, bud. It's going to be a wild ride. You know what? Thanks a lot to you, caller. Now there's two not hot chain smokers. I'll never be able to tell them part again. What did red, white, and royal blue Taylor Zakar Perez ride on that wall? Oh, you crack uh, my y'all crack my shit y'all up. Crack my <laughs> shit up. Y'all crack my shit up. Y'all crack my shit up. That's actually hot to me now compared to LinkedIn. If <laughs> if you had me choose over y'all crack me shit up, y'all crack my shit up guy and the guy thinking commenting thanks pal on forty thousand LinkedIn comments, I'll take the y'all crack my shit up guy. Thanks bud. Sorry. We need a third because we need to we need to fuck Mary kill. Thanks bud. Y'all crack, y'all crack my, my shit, shit up, up and something else. What's the other one? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know what else even falls into this category. Category. Okay, let's move on. How much of this same? It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- it's, time- it's linen season, honey. Oh, 
Oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I hate middlemen. And middle only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also, practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language with Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like (laughs) having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic Mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. 
you're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I smell, smell them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit. They're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How to be famous? Hi, Joe Weekly. Um, long time, long time. Um, question for you. Is Jason Mraz's new collaboration with Planet Oat Barista's favorite oat milk, I think that's what it's called, considered grunge? Uh, crunch, crunch. Bye. So this is a short answer. Is, is Jason Mraz's new collaboration with oat milk, Planet Oat oat milk, considered grunge? No, it's just oat milk. Grunch is only one thing. Grunch is the Grinch version of Creamer. Yes. Grunch is the, the Grinch, Grinch version of Creamer. The Grinch special edition version. The holiday Grinch Creamer from like International Delights or whatever. That's Grunch. I know that we've uh-huh. expanded Grunch to mean like all types of Creamer, but like most types of Creamer are not Grunch. That is Grunch. Jason Mraz making his signature Jason Mraz cardamom oat latte for Planet Oat featuring one shard of cardamom, one double shot of espresso, <laughs> and a half a cup of Planet Oat Barista Lover's oat milk is not Grunch. That's just oat milk, babe. It's just oat milk. Yeah. I think the barista choices are the ones that kind of foam better in a steamer. That's all it is. That's just normal milk. If you want to expand the definition of grunch, even though grunch is technically the Grinch International Delight Peppermint Coffee Cream, as Lindsay said, it's a flavored, nasty, sugary, fake milk coffee creamer. No judgment. You know? No judgment at all. We love grunch. But this is just oat milk. And don't forget Jason Morris famously has a farm with uh, avocado trees, as I think somebody has pointed out a while Mm -hmm. ago. He's still wearing his iconic bisexual page boy cap, though, in yeah, the photos hat. with where he's posing holding Planet Oat, which is great. Posing with a carton mm-hmm. of Planet Oat is a great thing. And he says that sometimes he works, he worked in coffee shops and sometimes he works at some. I don't know how you sometimes work at a coffee shop, but that's fine. I'm glad you saw that quote, too, because I was sort of like, what are you talking about? Because it says, Jason Mraz started his music career in a local coffee shop in California more than 20 years ago. Now the Grammy award-winning artist is still hanging out at local shops, sometimes singing a tune and other times behind the bar where he pulls espresso shots. Quote, I still work at a coffee shop from time to time, and I love it, Mraz tells Veg News. I love pulling shots and steaming milk and making latte art. Does that mean that you're working at a coffee shop, trying to make babies coffee over mm-hmm. at the coffee shop, yep. and then Jason Mraz goes... Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Yeah. Do you mind if I pull a shot? Are you going to say no to Jason Mraz? No. Why would I say no to Jason Mraz? 
Why can't you encourage Jason Mraz? You'd be so excited if you went to a coffee shop and Jason Mraz made you a coffee. Oh, yeah, I'd probably be really excited. You would be like so horned up. You would just be like, oh my God, he's making my coffee. I gotta tell everyone that Jason Mraz is making my coffee behind, he's behind here. Oh wow, look at all these photos from the Pl- Planet Oat Barista Lover's Coffee House with Jason Mraz. I know. They're doing a lot of promo for this. Yeah, They're they found, they found their this. guy. They really found their guy. I'm not a big oat milk person, but they really found their guy. Who to them? Indie musician Alex G. Director Alex Garland. Chopped chef Alex Guarnaschelli. Show and hold. Okay, Alex G., the musician. Okay. Alex Garland, the director. Alex Gornishelli from Food Network. Okay, they're all like kind of who's. Like, this is all like the same person, though. I me. think it goes Alex G., Alex Garland, Alex Gornishelli from Food Network. Wait, you think Alex G. is the themiest? No, I think Alex G., the musician, is the whoiest. Okay. And I then agree. I think Alex Garland, the director, is the middle. And I think that Alex Gornishelli from Food Network, the is iconic the, bitch on right, Food Network, my number culture. one favorite bitch, right. is the culture. She's the moment and she's the themiest. But also, like, on a larger scale, they're kind of like, they're inches above and below each other. I mean, this is like ranking twins, triplets. I want to find Alex Gornishelli on Famous Birthdays. Let's go to Alex Gornishelli's birthday, June 20th. Oh, Oh, she's way at the bottom of this list. Yeah, oh well. Oh my god, where is she? Well. Alex, where are you? Well. Alex didn't even make it onto the main page. That's so awkward. She's not even on the big list. Nicole Kidman is the number 12 most famous June 20th birthday. Do you know who the number 2 most famous June 20th birthday is? Let me guess. A YouTube baby named Goo Goo Gaga Queen. No, a 5-year-old YouTuber named Disco Norris. <laughs> yeah, I was literally so close. A 5-year-old YouTuber named Goo Goo Gaga Baby Queen. Like I've just it's the sa- it's always the same. I don't know why we're ever shocked, you know? Nicole Kidman can't even come close to beating a five-year-old on YouTube named like, what'd you say her name was? Disco Queen? Disco Disco Norris. Disco Norris. She's the number 31 most famous chef on Famous Birthdays. Chef? She's a baby. Oh. No, (laughs) Alex (laughs) Bornicelli. She's a baby. She's above Alton Brown, Wolfgang Puck, Robert Irvine. Disco Norris has 408,000 Instagram followers. And she is a goddamn baby. Okay? Okay? Disco Norris. And if you go to her website, she sells merch. Okay? Merch. The baby is selling merch. Oh my god, he's just part of a he's part of a YouTube family, the yeah, Norris no, Nuts. Yeah, right, of course. The Norris As Nuts. We've said, That's yes, a nightmare. Of course, the Norris Nuts. It's a horrible nightmare. Anyways, I just wanted you to know. Okay. I mean, congrats to on. Alex Bornichelli for being the number one Alex G. Congratulations. And but congratulations to her for being the last on the list of June twentieth birthdays, number one being <laughs> Disco Norris. Oh. Number child. two was Disco Norris. What's number one? Who's number one? Um, number one was Nia Sue, who's an Instagram star. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. She was also a soap actress. Mm-hmm. She was also on Dance Moms. Got it. And she's also really good friends with Maddie Ziegler. Disco Norris is Australian. 
Disco Norris is Australian. Nia Sue is from Pittsburgh. Disco Norris's siblings are named Saki Norris, Naz Norris, Saber Norris, and Biggie Norris, and also Charm Norris. Wow, I'm sorry. I clicked on most famous celebrities born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and <laughs> all of the top four Dangerous. are. Guess all the top four are from Dance Moms. <laughs> Nia Sue, number four. Abby Lee Miller, number three. Mackenzie Ziegler, number two. Maddie Ziegler, number one. Okay. Andy Warhol, by the way, is number 23. <laughs> impact. <laughs> Pittsburgh's impact. Pittsburgh's tourism board really needs to uh, check this website and make some adjustments. <laughs> they should check the website. They definitely should check the website. Oh, poor Jillian Jacobs, number 42, most famous Pittsburghian. God. She actually is mad about that. She probably calls her press person once a week being like, what do we got to do to, to bump off those dance moms? Oh, my God. Billy Porter outranks Gene Kelly on the most famous Pittsburghians. Okay. Get off the page, please. Hi, guys. Long time, long time. Um, so, excuse me, that YouTuber, Mr. Beast, uh, I don't really want to talk about him, but he was on a podcast, I guess, and he said that he like he does not know who Jerry Seinfeld is. He like got really confused when when he asked him. The host is actually really funny, and he's like, "No, I want you to tell me who you think Jerry Seinfeld is." Um, so we know that Mr. Beast does not know who Jerry Seinfeld is, but does Jerry Seinfeld know who Mr. Beast is? Thank you for everything you do. Crunch crunch. Mr. Beast is lying. You think Mr. Beast is lying? <laughs> well, first of all, we know the answer to this question. Because Jerry Seinfeld knew who Miranda Sings was. So I'm just going to be... Uh, I feel like Jerry Seinfeld probably does know who Mr. Beast is. I think so, too. The only reason that would stop me is that the children that Jerry Seinfeld had when he was informed about Miranda Sings are now much older, therefore not in prime age of telling him about Mr. Beast. You know, like he has adult kids now. They were kid kids or they were less adult kids. You know, his eldest daughter is 23. But I also think that Mr. Beast gets so many profiles and like the publications that Jerry Seinfeld absolutely reads. Like Jerry Seinfeld's absolutely read a piece about Mr. Beast in the New York Times written by our friend Max Reed. You know, like That's... he's definitely read that piece. You just think Seinfeld is well read. You're saying like he's out here like learning about culture. I think he's literally still the type of dude who's reading the New York Times cover to cover every morning. <laughs> I think he's very dismissive of young new talents too so even if maybe he saw that article he might not read it because he's kind of like kids these days like he gives off a kids these days vibe but there's also the charity aspect of mr beast like the way that he's framed as like a good decent guy that may make him actually compelling to jerry seinfeld because he's always like kids these days get off my lawn i'm just right. like an old he boomer is or whatever. Like, get off my lawn but oh but look at this this guy seems to be doing it differently that is how mr beast is sort of positioned in the in the media right also to be fair mr beast is not a comedian like mr beast no. is not even in his genre and mr beast is barely kind of a performer i mean i guess he is a performer but like he's a the content performance creator. is not really in Jerry's, like Miranda is, was more of a performer that Jerry Seinfeld mm -hmm. could maybe like understand. I think that he knows who Mr. Beast is. Does Beyonce know who Tony Hill is? Or did she know who Tony Hill was before they shot that commercial? Thanks. Crunch, crunch. So Beyonce was in a Verizon ad <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday. 
that she co-starred in with Tony Hale. Yeah. Who who were them? Character who? Well, first of all, it wasn't random. Like, he's supposed to be his character on Veep. He's not really even supposed to be Tony Hale. He's supposed to be, what's that character's name on Veep? Gary. So he's supposed to be Gary. It's incredible the impact that Veep made culturally. Yeah, he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be Gary, and Beyonce's supposed to be Beyonce. And also, Mm -hmm. I don't think Beyonce needs to know anyone, but I do think when Beyonce does something, she does it to the nth degree. And so, yeah, obviously, she knows who he is. And Uh watch some episodes of Veep to, like, be inspired by the vibe of what the ad is, which I'm sure she was pitched thoroughly, considering probably cost a lot of money to make that ad. Mm -hmm. It had multiple sets. It had multiple shooting scenarios. And she's releasing Mm -hmm. a song on top of it. I just feel like it's a complicated enough situation where... At this point, Beyonce doesn't do many things, interviews, feature, you know, she's not out here doing all this stuff. So when she does something, I do feel like she is very aware of what's going on. Right? Yes. She does sort of seem like the type of buttoned up celebrity who's asking for like dossiers of everyone they work with, (laughs) you know? Right. Right. She's like, is this man going to be canceled like right after we make this commercial? Because if so, like I'm not, somebody's going to jail for that. You know, like, and it's mm-hmm. on my team. You know, you're we're, we're getting you're going to get in trouble if this guy gets canceled right after we make this. You know, she's going to run it by the Googles. Oh, yeah. I did find she was interviewed in Variety about the experience. And like, she a lot what? of it is about like Beyonce this, was no Tony Hill. Oh. So a lot of it is about like the secrecy of this where he's like, right. my daughter's obsessed with Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Like she right. went to the Renaissance tour and I couldn't even tell her that I was doing it. That's you know, crazy. Like, whatever. So it, it like there's a lot of that. I would never forgive my dad if he did that to me. And I cared about these actors. Well, it goes. Um, The hardest part was I couldn't tell my daughter. But then I guess they teased it, and then the daughter saw Tony Hale in a commercial and was like, wait, Dad, what are you doing? Who is the star that's in it? And he could not tell her. Okay. In this Variety piece, um, which is written by Salome Hailu, okay, it says, Hale has spent years of his career playing awkward, offbeat beta males overshadowed by powerful women. Hmm. He felt at home at Yancey's side, though he isn't totally sure how much she knew about him in return. Right. Quote, we really didn't have much time to chat, he laughs. I didn't ask her, have you seen my work? You find out that they only like spent really one day together um, right. on set. Also, to be fair, some of those scenes I think are filmed with each of them not there. Like I think that yeah, she yeah, did yeah. probably a lot separate from him because there's yeah, I think she shot for a one lot day. of kind of, you know, a CGI-ish vibes going on in that where she's like going to space, you know, whatever. The other thing which I think is so funny is like, Maybe this is taking a little, this is being a little too much about it, but it's like, does Beyonce even want to play care to play a character that's supposed to have a lot in common with Lucille Bluth and Selena Meyer? Like the, the like idiot <sighs> mother on Arrested Development and the like mm-hmm. idiot v- president on V. It is just interesting to me that Beyonce was like, okay, because if she had, if you knew about those two characters, you might not necessarily want to do this, you know? You wouldn't want to play, like, the kind of nasty, annoying, emasculating woman. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. (sighs) Maybe I'm thinking a little bit too much about this. I think you're thinking a little too much, but I think it's a good point to bring up. It's just funny. I guess it's just funny. That is sort of the vibe that Beyonce, I think, wouldn't want to give people. But that's also not really the vibe of the commercial. It's more that he's doing his thing. 
yeah the 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 person who's in like the 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 woman's role is not right. necessarily doing a Lucille or Selena Meyer thing. That's true. Like he's actually playing kind of a different character. It's just the same vibe. And there's a reason why. But there's also a reason why they chose him versus anyone else. So clearly mm-hmm. they want you to think of him as his two characters in which he felt he was like this, you know? Absolutely. But the question is, does Beyonce know who Tony Hale is? I think that is, can only be answered if, God, we were talking to someone about this. We were talking to maybe, we're talking to Jeff and Kelly about this? I think so. Before a call came in about it, has Beyonce ever watched Veep? And I don't know. But what if Beyonce has only seen like one of his smaller works? (laughs) Well, what Jeff said was maybe she knows his voice because he's Forky. forky. Yeah, maybe she knows. And I actually think that that's more common because she has kids. She has two young kids. Also, he's been in a lot of cartoons. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did the Rugrats remake that came back. He was in Harley Quinn. He was an Alpha and the Chipmunks. I think he is a chipmunk. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's done his fair share of cartoons. Okay, he's a human. He's a human in Alvin and the Chipmunks. Let me correct myself. I'm sorry. Did you know that Jesse McCartney is the voice of one of the Chipmunks? Yeah, I think I did know that actually. You did know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I think that she definitely knows who Tony Hale is. If she didn't know his name when she saw him on set, she said, "Oh yeah, yes." And I think that's enough. When you're Beyonce, that's enough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I saw. She had a glimmer of recognition, a palpable glimmer of recognition when she met Tony Hale on set and they shook hands. Well, I think she's very, I think she knew exactly what was going on and knew mm-hmm. about him. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Then. Believe questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes of Discord server commentary tracks and more. We're going to be talking about This Is Me Now in detail this weekend <laughs> on the uh, subscriber show. Oh my God goodness in detail in detail in in detail detail this is me now thank you to katie and eric of the who's for writing our read a theme song on tuesdays thank you to timmy our research and editorial assistant for researching and editorializing we'll see you on tuesday have a great weekend bye bye a youtube baby named goo goo gaga queen the biggest gag about um, Gracie Hunt being Miss Kansas is that her family has never lived in Kansas as long as she's been alive. They're in Dallas. They have they don't live in Kansas City, which makes it that much funnier. She was Miss Texas, I just looked, and then rigged her way to Miss Kansas. Go Gracie, crunch, crunch. Hey, BLT, just wanted to let you girls know that I'm at Runyon, and sure enough, there was a twink walking up the mountainside uh, while seeing Rita's kissing you out loud. Um, so that was something, and then sure enough, two men behind them bitching about how people who do that always play the worst music. And, you know, let me think of y'all. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I was listening to the last episode and my husband came in and was like, is that Lana? And I was like, still right? He's like, no, 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 from Archer. He very much thinks that your voice sounds like Aisha Tyler. This is not the first time this has happened. Um, and I felt like this would be a thing you'd want to know. Um, live in La Vida laptop.
Okay, Timmy, you're going to think I'm, like, totally an idiot for this, but today I was thinking about it, and I was like, it would be so funny to start a conspiracy theory that Bobby is Dumois. Anyway, I feel like that would really slay and make him crazy. Okay, bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and especially Timmy. I'm just calling because earlier I had nothing on but the Super Bowl, and I saw an ad that was to die for, uh, which featured Addison Ray. And now I got it bad and am even obsessed with nerds clusters. Crunch, crunch.